Welcome, Travelers Blueprint community. I am Elliot Shibley, and here with me, as always, is the philosophical Robert Domena. Thank you. I like that one. I, I, I appreciate that one very much. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Before we get to our next guest, I just want to remind everybody about our partner, Minivan of Memories, someone we've become very close with. Close with? Close with. Close with. Um, like cheese whiz. Yes, like close, like, no, like Swiss cheese, like close with. Anyway, it is a blogging platform that allows uh, normal travelers who may not have any sort of outlet to the world write up their own travel experiences, post it on his website, and then he has the um, the capability to share it with a lot of people in, in a very short period of time. So it's a very cool idea and it's something that we use to find new guests. So if you do use his platform, you may end up getting reached out to by us to be a podcast guest one day. Uh, in addition to that, um, please check out our Patreon page if you want to consider donating to the podcast. If you sign up for $1 a month, we send you a sticker. $3 a month, we offer you a Traveler's Blueprint travel mug. And with $10 a month, which would be incredibly helpful and uh we'd be uh very thankful of that you end up getting a hoodie a traveler's blueprint hoodie so uh it's just something that we're throwing out there uh, and feel free to consider it and the answer to last week's trivia question which everyone has been waiting for the question was what is melissa's favorite national park and her answer and if you get this right we will be reaching out to you via email very soon for your own traveler's blueprint sticker the answer is the North Cascades National Park in Washington. She fell in love with it while she was living and working in Seattle. And stay tuned at the end of the episode for a question related to today's guest. Speaking of, today's guest was very wise when it came to travel, specifically around budgeting and when selecting airfare online. In our conversation, we discussed how she saves for her trips which website she likes to use for booking airfare, and got into detail on her time in several African countries, including her home country of Nigeria. Please welcome Pulumi Nubi. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome, Paloom Nubi, to the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Hey, guys. <laughs> Firstly, we thank you because you actually reached out to us, and you're now one of many of our guests that have reached out to us directly. Exactly. Instead of us reaching out and doing our own research, and you actually sent us an Instagram direct message and said that you wanted to talk about your own travels and you actually have your own travel podcast. You've been on other travel podcasts and you have some really cool stories to help provide information to like-minded travelers on budgeting options and logistical information in general. And here we are today talking about it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I do appreciate you accepting for me to come on the podcast and just, you know, sharing my story really. So yeah, I'm excited about this. <laughs> so, so you've been to 50 countries, which is incredibly impressive. I, I, let's start from the very beginning. How did you get into travel? Well, oh, actually more, and it's going to make you 60 before the end of the year. That's the goal for 2019. Um, I go into travel quite accidentally, to be honest. It's, it's quite a funny story. 
um, growing up as a kid, I've always kind of, you know, I had to relocate myself. So I was, I was born in Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria. I had to come to the UK um, to study. So already travel was already involved even as a young age. But I didn't get back into traveling till probably like full on till like 20, late 2016. And I just was very interested to just see new places. Like that's kind of my motivation. Just trying to like, I'm just like, there's so much out there to see. Why stay, you know, like, so yeah, that's how it kind of started off. And it's almost like a snowball effect, you know, you go to the one and then two and then 10 and then 20 and 40. And you're like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's addicting. It it's is. incredibly addicting. Once you get a taste of what's out there, yeah. once you get a taste of what's out there uh-huh. in the world, you just want to know more. And then you realize that there are so many different locations and they vary so wildly culturally, environmentally. And if you have that, that bug in you mm-hmm. to learn and you're curious about people, um, it's, it's, inc- it's very easy to become addicted to it very quickly. I, I definitely agree with you. And so does my bank account. Um, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's just something you just want to try new stuff and meet really amazing people on the road. And you just kind of get to hear their story and, you know, you're able to relate to it and just, it's, it's amazing. And I definitely encourage anyone, if you are able to travel, just, just do it. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. I think with a lot of people, travel is a, it's worth the expense. And a lot of people that travel constantly have a very small bank account in terms of actual, you know, monetary wealth, but they have such a greater wealth of knowledge, of culture, of experiences, of friendships, of relationships with people and understanding of how life is in general. And all of those experiences, I think, are, you, you can't really put a price on it. I think wealth can be defined in more than one way, right? You can have wealth as you were, you were using it, uh, you know, an accumulation of currency. But a lot of people will, will associate wealth with knowledge and their life experiences and the things that they do from, you know, their, their timeline and how they fill that timeline. And at the end of the day or at the end of their life when they're lying on their deathbed, they'll feel very wealthy with their experiences, you know, so they can be defined multiple ways and travelers tend to build wealth in knowledge and experience. That's true, Bob, honestly. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so amazing. The amount of experience you're able to have, like just being, sometimes you have to pinch yourself, you know, you're just like, is, can this be real? Like, is this really for real? So yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Like, I do want to talk about actual finances because you do a large section of your Uh own tips on budgeting. And as you said, it is important to keep track of your finances when you travel. So how and what tips do you suggest to people that are traveling in terms of, well, let's start with flights, for example, because you've done almost 60 countries by the end of this year, and not all of them are, you know, by boat or by car or by train. When it comes to traveling and money, I always say they are mutually not exclusive. They are definitely connected to each other. Um, when you say, some people say traveling is cheap, some people say traveling is expensive. It's all relative to you know, what experience you're actually trying to get out of it. Um, for me personally, when it comes to f- booking flights, I 
um, loyal to Skyscanner and Google Flight. I especially love Skyscanner because it allows you to, number one, be flexible about the location you're going. It's recommended based on the pricing. So it's that from the lowest all the way to the most expensive. And it also, you can actually set a lot. So it actually tells you when exactly, you know, is the best time to book the flight. So, the, you know, the, a decrease in price. You actually get an email notification that, oh, you know, your search for, I don't know, London to Spain has actually um, reduced in price. It's probably the best time to buy t um, your ticket. So you, it, I really, really love Skyscanner. And I think everyone should actually, you know, try, use it once. Um, use it and be quite flexible. That's, I think, the, the most important thing. So flexible with location, with your dates and things like that. I definitely recommend that. Um, I also compare flights using Google Flights. So I kind of use a good comparison. So most of sometimes I do see cheaper flights using Google Flights just because you can kind of move the map around and you can actually see destination. It's quite interactive. I, I like that feature. Um, so yeah, that's when it comes to do about flight booking. Um, when it comes to do about money, especially, I have uh, allocated account for traveling. So I always tell people, literally, my account is divided into six. So I have my essential account, my savings account, my fixed deposit account, my giving account, um, my travel account, and then, you know, spend it all kind of account. Um, my travel account, you know, a certain proportion of my pay. So once I get paid, let's just say, for example, 10% of that gets saved straight to my, you know, travel account. That way, when it's time to travel, I literally just have to go and look at that account. I don't have to think, oh, do I have enough rent money? Do I have enough to pay the bills? There's none of that conversation. It's literally that one account and go, oh, do I have enough money in that one account? Yes, I do. Book the trip. No, I don't. Don't book the trip. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love I that idea. I think it has actually really simplified it. Yeah, it's it's extremely simple. I've never thought of it that way. I've always just had like a, my own personal savings account, which is, you know, oh, I've got enough money. I can go on a trip. Yeah. But I've never... I've never dedicated a portion of a paycheck regularly to a travel account or a travel funds account. And I think that's awesome. I think that would make it a lot easier to want to go on a trip instead of just saying, oh, I don't know if we could do this because I might want to do this project at my house. Exactly. If it's solely dedicated to travel, to travel, it makes it that much easier to travel. Dude, wow, that's, that's what I do too. I do the same exact thing. <laughs> How come you've never told me that? I guess I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Hold the now. thing is, Mar Marley and I, Marley and I know we want to go on a vacation every single year. We know we do, and so so we need to make sure that we save for it. Um, and that's what we did. We have we have an account that gets a certain amount every single week. You know, every time we get paid, money goes into that account, and it accumulates throughout the year and we're, we're able to take a big exactly. trip that way. And it's, yeah, like, like you said, it's thoughtless. Mm -hmm. um, once you, you know, you're capable of diverting those funds to the vacation account, it makes it seamless and you know, it's going to mm -hmm. grow. You're not going to touch it. And it, it, it removes a lot of the thought and the worry about saving for travel. It makes it a lot easier. Um, the entire process, much, much easier uh, as far as budgeting. goes. <laughs> Sounds like I have an account to open. Yes, you do. <laughs> So I'm actually not familiar with Skyscanner. I've never used wow. Skyscanner. What I am an avid use? user of Google Maps. Okay. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am an avid user of Google Maps, but also I use Google. So now, is there are there any major differences between Skyscanner and Google Flights? Because I know Google Flights, you can set alerts and you can look at a map. And the one feature that I really like about, about Google Flights is the bar graph, where you can 
look over a few months span or even maybe close to a year and you could see the differences in like when prices drop and you could change dates. That's a cool feature on Google Flights that I really like. But um, is there anything that you that sets Skyscanner above Google Flights for you? I think um, the, I'm not sure if Google Flight does this, but one thing that Skyscanner does is like literally you can go um, London and you leave it empty. So it goes everywhere or anywhere. I'm not sure what it says. And then you can just kind of put in like the cheapest, you can say the cheapest month and it literally arrange the uh, ticketing price. So for example, I can get like a 10 pounds ticket to somewhere in like Germany. I can spend extra 12 pounds if I want to go to somewhere like France because I'm, t- I'm talking off peak period. So like it literally like lists it out. And I was going through a list at one point because people was asking me like, how do you select the countries you're going to? Is it like a spin the globe kind of thing and it was literally um skyscanner that was helping me i was literally going this to anywhere and the cheapest option i just kind of go for that as a student budget um that's kind of what i had to do so yeah i think i don't know if, if google flight does that i think google flight you have to actually pick a destination or um i'm not sure about that so yeah that's one thing i really love about about, about skyscanner you actually yeah randomly selects it for you and arranges from the cheapest to the most expensive based on a certain duration. And you have one of the best things possible for a budget traveler and that's flexibility. Mm. Because when you're tied into a certain date, you you're you're at the mercy of the airlines, mm. you're at the mercy of the cost of that flight. But with you, exactly. you know, you're kind of just rolling the dice, aren't you? You know, you know you want to travel and you check Skyscanner and whatever yeah. country is the cheapest you you can go to and you that's that's awesome and that is more than anything else more than saving the amount of funds you want more than scouring the internet for the best flight deals if you have flexibility you're going to save the most money when traveling i i agree with you flexibility in terms of timing like when you want to go flexibility in terms of destination those two things are key like you know once you start restricting the prices you kind of just see start increasing it's just like you got you got no chance with that, but yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing that I don't have that I I haven't had yet, and I probably won't now that I have a daughter who's going to end up you know going to school in a few years. So I'm pretty much going to be at the mercy of traveling at peak travel season, which I'm dreading. I'm like dreading it pretty bad. I've never traveled in summer months. Normally, I travel on the tail ends, the like, Easter's and the and the. No. Yeah, I, I, I travel like in September is like my favorite month to travel or, or like April, you know, Ellie and I went to Peru in April and those are the tail mm-hmm. seasons, but I'm soon going to be stuck traveling with the rest of the, the Everybody uh, else. population. But, so I sort of want to transition out of, uh, Elliot, unless you had something to add on flights or budgeting. No, I, I the entire time I'm, I started playing around with Skyscanner a little bit, just looking for flights from Harrisburg. <laughs> That's so it went quiet. I was like, what's going yes. on? <laughs> so I was looking at you know, the Olympics are coming up <laughs> next year in Tokyo. So I just kind of played around with some of the dates that the Olympics are going on. And there are flights. Harrisburg is not a big airport and it doesn't have a lot of international flights. But I found like 1,500 round trip tickets from Harrisburg to Tokyo, which normally they're not that cheap. And I think, I, I think they're 1,500. I mean, they may be 900. I'm not sure exactly how to use this it, yet. Yeah, it takes a while to load. It, give it some time. Elliot is, he's booking flights. He's opening up a 
vacation savings account. I, I, I might have a flight book by the end of this. Who knows? He's diverting funds into his new travel account. He's learning something. And this is why we do this. Exactly. Like, go, go, go. All right. I can't look at that anymore. I'm ready. I'm ready to transition to whatever you want, Bob. All right. All right. Let's do this. So, so one of the things that I found incredibly interesting about your travel is that you've been to some really cool, unique countries in Africa that I haven't even thought to travel to yet. And I know I, I was going through mm. like your um, Instagram highlights and you were at festivals and parades, right? And different, different things in these countries that yeah. I don't know anything about, to be, to be honest with you. So I wanted to <laughs> learn about them and maybe get an idea of, you know, which ones, which countries in Africa were your favorite and why? Okay, um, Africa is home to me, so I'm kind of biased to every country there. Um, obviously, I have to say my ultimate favorite is Nigeria. That's where I was born and bred. Um, I've just kind of fallen in love. That is home to me. Um, the music, the people, the friendliness, the openness, the food. Oh my God, I can go on forever. Like it's really nice place to visit. And if anyone wants to go to Nigeria, I definitely recommend it. Perfect weather. I don't think we really get much of cold. We get the Amatan, Amatan season where it gets a bit like um, dry, but we don't really get that cold. Um, yeah, so I really love um, Nigeria. Um, funny enough, this summer I actually did like a whole like West Africa road trip. So I started from Nigeria all the way to Ghana by road. Um, so that took me as um, Benin Republic, Togo, and then to Ghana. The plan was to go all the way to Cote d'Ivoire, but I was like, it's better to make it shorter than to you know just rush through the countries um and it was amazing like it was i got the horror stories before i go before i went you know people like oh you know tales of kidnapping and crazy stuff could happen to you and all of that stuff and at one point i'm not gonna lie i was getting a bit scared i was like what, what is this what have i got myself into um but i went with the travel buddy and it was amazing guys like it was so dope i met so many amazing people like just the freedom of just being me, if that makes sense. Um, and it was really nice. So one of the festivals I actually went to, which I was so excited about, was the one in Ghana. It happens yearly. It's, uh, it's called Chaliwate. It's like an art festival. I think that's probably the one you saw my highlights. Um, it's a hot art festival. People from all over the world um, visit. And it's just a celebration of art, music, dance. And it was amazing. It was, it was about a weekend, a week long, but I went just during the weekend. And it was just beautiful to just see different artists just, you know, celebrating their work. And it's like a street parade almost. Like it's, it's just a mix of so many elements. Like it's open yourself. You can get the local dishes. You can have the local food, um, the drinks. Like we were just so open. Like it was, it was just, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I've visited all the other countries um, in Africa. Um, I would say South, South Africa was really nice. Um, I went to both um, Josie and Cape Town. Um, Cape Town was wow. Like when we climbed the tabletop mountain, that view, you literally have to, it, it blows your mind away. You're just like, OMG. <laughs> um, just a quick one for budgeting, kind of going back. Um, I went to Uganda. One thing I will always recommend is make international friends. So if I'm coming yes. over to... <laughs> So, <laughs> so where you guys are? Philadelphia? No, yeah. you're not. Are yeah. you? 
Philadelphia, that's it. <laughs> I was like, I, I was doubting myself for a minute. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to call you guys up. I'm like, hello, Absolutely. I'm in town. What's going on? Yes. Uh, uh, 100%, I always yeah. say make, make international friends is... <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's the one cool thing that we've, we've been doing with this podcast. Uh, we're connected to people all over the world now, and it's been incredible doing that. Um, so, go, so going back to Africa, the one thing that you do mm-hmm. hear the most, and I think one, one of the reasons why it hasn't had like the boom that Europe has is because people are concerned about their safety. You're saying that it, you, in your experience, it was pretty, pretty easy to get through. It was pretty easy to get through. I didn't have any, uh, your yellow fever vaccination. Did you have like an armed guard with you or anything like that in your, in your convoy oh. or your car? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I did not. I wish I did. I did not. Um, you don't need that. I, I think definitely coming from someone who looks like me, I'm, I'm able to like kind of blend in. For someone who doesn't, they might, you know, stand out a bit more. And, you know, that's where you might get, you know, a bit more attraction. Um, I could just like be any local, you know, person, if that makes sense. Um, as long as like, you had your your passport um and that's a good thing i i'm dual citizen so i'm british and nigerian um so i was able to use my ECOWAS passport which allows you entry into these countries without the need of a visa so um i was able to go the borders are quite open as long as you have that you pay the fee for crossing and um you have your yellow vaccine paper sometimes it's more complicated because we had to cross about three borders or four borders so some borders were more complicated than others, um, but especially when you're going into countries that they only spoke French, for example, and my French is <laughs> elementary. Um, so except from those kind of, you know, minor complications, um, it was pretty straightforward. I, this this concern people have, for example, kidnapping and stuff, they do happen. I'm, I'm very, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it or, you know, just glaze over it it does happen even you know my dad was concerned funny story i told my dad you know right now i'm doing my phd and i told my dad that after my phd i wanted to go traveling across asia for six months and my dad was like his, his first question to me was who's gonna pay for that and in the same conversation i told him i was coming this um west africa tour i was doing I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming to Nigeria. I'm going to do it like a West Africa tour and blah, blah, blah. And his first response is, who do you know? Like, what the hell? So it, it was more open to me traveling to Asia for, for six months, but not so. So I think sometimes it's just the thinking and just, you know, things that have happened, the way the media portrays some things. Um, I'm not saying they're all non-existent, but I think sometimes they're overhyped. Um, but hey, I, I guess I was, I, I felt okay. I, I didn't feel, in, you know, endangered or anything. Maybe because I had a travel, but I didn't do it solo. I had a, I had a travel buddy with me. Um, so it was quite, it was quite easy and straightforward, to be honest. I think traveling to a country or, you know, countries within Africa, it's good to know somebody, you know, in for really for those countries, because there's not as much information on the internet um, to help you and guide mm-hmm. you through the infrastructure isn't as easy to access and understand. Mm-hmm. And so to have a local uh, be there for you is, I think, essential to a majority of the countries, not all of them, but a, a lot of them. I did read that, you know, for a white guy like Elliot and I to show up into one of those countries, that we would be considered like, or people might think that we're like humanitarian people or something like that. Does that we're happen mission, often? Yeah. yeah, like we're, uh, 
you know, working for like Doctors Without Borders or something or their Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. I've read that. Yeah, obviously as a foreign person, just the same way as, you know, as a black female, when I go to some, for example, Eastern Europe country, I get, you know, weird stares and, you know, people yeah. thinking, what the heck are you doing here? I guess you kind of get the same. Once you're foreign or, you know, you're odd or different, it's very normal to just get that um, kind of response, like what's happening. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's human, I guess. I know um, Asians, if you're, if you're a guy, like, and you're like over six foot and you travel to Asia, like Southeast Asia, <laughs> they're, they're fascinated with Yes, it, apparently. I'm not even close to being that tall, but that's what <laughs> so I hear. One of my, one of the buddies I work closely with, he, he actually works in the building behind us. Um, but he and his brother went okay. to Tokyo 10 years ago. And this is just a little side story before we get back to the primary conversation. But he ended up buying shoes because one of his pairs of shoes got lost on a train when they were traveling. And they went to this shoe store and of course the both of them are like six one six two and they were struggling to find shoes they were like do you have a size 11 or 12 and they had to like dig through the basement to find these shoes <laughs> because all of their feet are much smaller yeah it's funny it was so matt if you're <laughs> listening shout out to you <laughs> so one country that i'm newly fascinated with is liberia have you been to liberia yet i haven't i would love to go there I've heard good stuff about it. It seems like it's a, essentially like a United States of Africa. Elliot, are you familiar with Liberia? I, I've heard the name of it. I have never been there. I don't know much about it. From what I understand, they are established with a government mirroring the United States. They have a president and like a Senate and a house and everything like that. They, they wild, widely accept the United States dollar um, and they... They have a flag that's very similar to the United States, and it's just, it's a culture that's grown um, to, to mirror United States culture to a degree. Um, now, the reason it exists is because at the end of slavery in the United States, there was a, a time when they were allowing slaves to go back to Africa, and they created this piece of land for them. And that's how it was established. And that's what it's grown to be today. But it seems to be an incredibly fascinating place to visit um, with very friendly people who, who are, I, I, from what I understand, happy with America. Um, it, just, it just seems like an, an, a unique place in the world. I don't know anybody who's been there, though. I guess you've got to add it to the bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I need, to, I need to add Africa to my bucket list. So you've not been to any country in Africa? No. No, the closest I've been to Africa was Abu Dhabi. Oh, okay. you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> At least that was Morocco. That's, That's an easy one. Yeah, Casablanca now from Philly. Yeah, exactly. So I spent six weeks in Tanzania on the eastern coast of Africa and also in Zanzibar. Mm, beautiful. I, I highly recommend it. I've not been, but I've heard great stuff about Zanzibar. Blue waters, I heard. Yes. Oh my God. I was really hoping to see a whale shark on the ferry ride. Did not happen, but I did see a lot of flying fish. What's that with flying fish? So if you need any connections in Tanzania, I still have a few. Oh, nice. I'll definitely, I'll, I'll holler you for that. <laughs> yes. Did you say what's a flying fish? No, no, no. I said it's better than nothing. Like since. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. yeah. I want to talk about the festival in Ghana. Um, what was, you said it was an arts okay. fest. 
And was it more of like international mm-hmm. or is it primarily African? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was a bit of a bit of half and half, to be honest, because I know people that solely go to Ghana during that period, just like, you know, international, like from the UK, from the States, just for this festival. Um, so I'll say it's about 50-50. So the art works because it covers, you know, like art painting, but it also covers things like drama. There was like fire displays. It was everything. There was like, you know, really um, motorbikers and they were like doing really stunts and skills. So it's any kind of display of art. So, you know, you have the mold and you have spray paints and you really like, you know, it's overstresses your senses at one point because you're just like, oh my God, there's art everywhere. Um, but it's really dope. I think it's definitely, at least experience it once in a lifetime because you just like the vibe, the energy, especially during the night when it just kind of goes to, like, so it's just like a whole street party, basically. So you go like different DJs blasting their music and it's just like, yeah. So I think, I think a lot of people go down there, even international. So I'll say 50-50 to be honest. Okay. So three questions. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, you can answer them in order, but I'm going to ask them all at once. One, is it in Accra or Kamasi or somewhere else in Ghana? Okay. Two, is it a multi-day festival? Mm -hmm. And three, when is it? So the first one, yes, is in Jamestown, is in Accra, Um, very central, close to the lighthouse, Jamestown lighthouse thingy, is the whole streets, um, happening um yes yes it is multi-days i think it's a whole week long um but I'll probably go during the weekend that's kind of when all the actions are happening if you're limited in time if not then you can just spend the whole week but i remember your third question and i've forgotten what's the third one what time of the year <laughs> time of the year um it was end of august i think it's always the last weekend in august but i'm i'm not 100 sure but if you just Google Charlie Water 2020, then you should be able to get um, more information. What is it? How do you spell that? Oh, okay. C H A L A Charlie Water. I'm going to Google it as well as you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> just found it. The, the one thing that I want to get into is the food that you experienced. So uh, my mother-in-law and my, and my sister-in-law and my wife, we they, I should say they, end up having these like country or different country nights where they decide to cook foods from whatever country they picked. And they'll try to have wines and incorporate wines from that country into the night. And it's a really cool thing that they do. Okay. And so I need to get some ideas. Let's let's go with Nigeria. Can you bring me through like some of the your favorite Nigerian dishes? Oh my God. We're going to be here on all day. <laughs> Bob, that's like a, that's a whole podcast, maybe a whole podcast series. <laughs> a whole series. Like. <laughs> okay. Um, there's the battle of the jollof rice. Um, it happens between most African countries who, who cooks the best jollof rice. You've probably seen in a few YouTube videos. They actually make celebrities kind of taste different. What are they? Jollof fries? Yeah. Jollof rice is. Jollof. It's J-O-L-L-O-F. Yes, jollof rice. What's in jollof rice? So it's rice and spice. Everyone cooks it different. Some people put vegetables, some people put shrimps, some people put... It really is just like special fried rice. <laughs> That's kind of probably the best way to explain it. But it's like a party rice. So like you mostly get it like um, 
when you go to like weddings or like you know festivals or something is it everyday food as well people cook at home um or like you get like the smoked one whereby you know like the the, the pot is burnt and you get like the smoky flavor going through it mm. um but yeah so there's this big competition going on who, who who cooks the best one so far and honestly my my answer is it depends on who cooks it you know i've had some okay. amazing one and some disastrous in the same country so it really depends on what's what 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 goes in it um when it comes to like everyday like breakfast kind of food we tend to go a bit heavy so we tend to have things like yam and eggs just where you have like potatoes and egg i guess um so you have a bit more heavier ones so yam and egg or like um a stew kind of like stew and bread or something something quite light um and when it comes to like do we have rice we have the heavier ones so we have things like I'm trying to think of the English name, but I'll just say what they're actually called. Because of dialects and stuff, it's all called different things. So you have like, like in Nigeria alone, there's so many different tribes and everyone has their own kind of food. Um, I think there's about 250 tribes all within one country. And wow. obviously, yeah, it's quite nice that we have English as, you know, the international language so we can all communicate. But if it's based on language, there's about 500 language um, in Nigeria. So it's quite, it's quite diverse as a country. Um, but yeah, so in terms of food, we have things like um, um, cassava flakes that you mix with hot water. And then you have it like with the stew, which is like um, a goosey or like a wedges stew. Like they're so, oh my God, I'm salivating just thinking about this food. <laughs> What's the protein of choice? Which animal? is your oh is chicken 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 okay chicken, chicken. Okay. we read them we like them fresh um so you go to the market and kind of like points and like i want that very rarely you get like the frozen chicken when i came to the to the uk i started eating frozen chicken it was quite weird um but we kind of really like our food quite fresh so like you know fresh tomatoes fresh you know when you eat you kind of mm, it's organic i guess yeah <laughs> Fresh food is always better. I, I mean, that's that could be a whole series of a podcast, and I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What about what about desserts? Desserts and coffee. Those are my two big ones. I'm not a big coffee fan. I hate coffee. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what? I'm big on hot chocolates and stuff. So it's like, sorry. <laughs> I'm so, I know we're like, what? Why are you doing a PhD without having coffee? <laughs> exactly. How do you stay awake? So, <laughs> Red Bull. Red Bull gives you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you fly everywhere. That's how I'm able to stay up till almost two a.m. right now. <laughs> yeah, you're what five hours ahead, and it's nine o'clock on the East Coast. Yeah, exactly. It's epic time difference. I still, you know, try to. But yeah, um, dessert. I don't think if we have any dessert. I think it's just like fresh fruits and stuff. We don't really do special desserts. So you get things like um pawpaw, which is like your melons kind of dessert, really nice. We usually grown at the back garden, so you can kind of go there and just if the season is right. We have quite a variety of fruits. Even like sometimes I tell them we have something called um cherry uh, it's called Agbalumo, but I'm trying to think of the English name. But like it's like a very sweet and literally like when my mom 
goes to visit Nigeria and is during the season, I tell her to like bring them over and stuff because you can't get them in the UK. I haven't seen them in the UK yet. Um, but you can, but they're like stupid expensive. So it's like, I'll just, I'll rather ship them now. Um, but yeah, so we don't really do dessert per se. I think it's just like fresh fruits and stuff to my knowledge, you know. Um, but yeah. Now, is Nigeria <laughs> in the coffee belt? Nigeria yes. is within the coffee belt and there is coffee from Nigeria. Now, Kenya seems to be the only country in Africa that has like ex- it's is extremely popular with coffee, right? Like that one's known. Yeah. At least in the United States. Everybody knows Kenyan coffee, right? And Ethiopian. Yeah. Yeah, Ethiopian yeah. too. I'd say Ethiopian, yeah. Kenyan and Tanzanian coffee are very popular outside very popular. of those countries. I've never heard of Tanzanian yeah. coffee. Tanzanian peaberry? Nope. It's a, it's got a very oily and a very light roast. Oh wow, you're really big on coffee. I'm really big on coffee. <laughs> he, he is very big. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I just taste bitter. Anytime I taste coffee, it's just like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> oh, see, I love I love the bitterness. I love uh, I love the aroma oh. of it. I love everything about coffee. I love it when it's in the bean. I love it when it's roasting. Yeah, that's another thing I don't like the smell. But if that's if I had the opportunity to give up my job and travel the world with purpose, it would be finding individual coffee growers and uh, you know sourcing the best coffee for a cup. Elliot, I think I just came up with our next idea. We're gonna shoot a Netflix special where we travel the world in search of the best coffee. I will be the the, the videographer, whatever you want to call. Them. I think we got this. We we have our connection to Africa right here. We're gonna start in Lagos. Yes, and we're going to travel the world. And Elliot is just going to. It's just gonna be hours of watching Elliot sip coffee <laughs> and <day>. not <laughs> be able to sleep. I know. After effect, that would be a good effect. one. That's yes. what you call it. Oh, yeah. There you go. We're going to have to go to Netflix on the. Yeah. I actually already signed a deal with them on that. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, you went yeah. very fast. Well, it's all the coffee, it was, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't Netflix. It was actually Disney Plus. Nice, nice. <laughs> I, I just started watching that. But let's not get into that. All right. Let's stay on travel. <laughs> we did budgeting. Travel. We talked about food. And we kind of get, got, gave people an idea of how they can save and how they can figure out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. how to do what you're essentially doing. What can you, what information can you provide to people who want to see the world, maybe in like the form of uh, verbal motivation, something to, to help people, inspire people to, to see what's out there? I will say start local. I think there's a power of exploring the germs that are right underneath your nose. I think a lot of people think about travel and they just think, the furthest distance, you know, Bali, Australia, you know, just go as far as possible then I've traveled. And sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's a staycation in, in your next city, your next, you know. I always say I have intensively traveled Europe because that was what was assess, accessible to me. And if I was to always wait to go to, I don't know, you know, South America or somewhere further where I probably wouldn't have traveled as much as I have. And yeah, I always tell people, go to the most accessible place you can based on time, finances and all of that. And you'll find yourself gaining that momentum 
like it's, like we described it at the beginning, it's like a snowball effect. It's something that will progressively become part of you. You know, I remember when I first started traveling, I was, I don't think I had travel anxieties, but it's definitely not as easy as it is right now. Like if someone go, let me want to go, where are we going? Like, you know, it's almost automated at the moment. And that's because I kind of just started. Like, just start, just book that ticket, go. And sometimes you got to do this thing solo. You know, I, I think I was looking through my countries and I probably would have probably just gone through a quarter, if not a third, um, mm-hmm. if I had to wait for somebody to be ready. You know, most of the places I've had to go solo because nobody was available or anything like that. So just taking that leap of faith and just trusting your own ability to navigate these new places and these new situations um, is something I would definitely encourage others to try. So yeah, just do it. That's just Nike do it. Would say. <laughs> I, I think that was beautifully said. And and one thing that I really liked is your your advice for people to travel local. I mean, it, it depends on where you live and where I, I'm very fortunate in where I live because I'm located in next to some of the greatest cities in the United States. And just today I was in Northern New Jersey Mm. and I had this beautiful view of the New York City skyline. And I was able to appreciate it in a way that I I guess I haven't really before because I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Manhattan skyline. This is a, this is a sought after destination for people around the world. And I kind of take it for granted because I've been there so many times. And Mm. today as I was driving Mm -hmm. and I had the view of the Manhattan skyline in front of me, I kind of just, I don't know, took it in a little bit differently and was appreciative um, to be so close to such an amazing travel destination. It's incredibly unique. It has some of the best food in the world. And you, you often forget, you know, I have my sights set on places like Italy and, you know, Africa and Asia and Jordan. Jordan is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> Antarctica. Yes. Argentina. I mean, exactly. the list goes on and on. Yeah, very big one. <laughs> but, you know, there's so many things to do in, 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 you know, my own backyard. And so I don't need to spend thousands of dollars anytime I want a new experience. I can figure it out uh, without spending all that money without getting on an airplane. And, and most people probably can too. And so they should look in their own backyard. And what have they not done yet? Uh, have they experienced all the museums in their own city? Have they been to you know, some of the best restaurants in their own city or whatever it is? Google the underground restaurants, Google the dive bars. Uh, you know, one thing that I found pretty interesting was people doing a church tour in Manhattan where they would just visit some of the most historical churches in the city which have incredible history and it's, it's very cheap. You just have to get to Manhattan and then you just visit all these different churches and you learn the history of them and you can walk out of that city with this super unique experience. So yeah, yeah you don't need to, you don't need to always spend thousands of exactly. dollars to have these travel experiences, these profound travel experiences. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Well, before we let you go to sleep, since it <laughs> is nearing morning there, <laughs> Can you share some of your social media websites and accounts so that people can follow you and stay in touch with you as you continue to travel? Sure. Um, you can mostly find me on Instagram. That's kind of my, you know, place to be. Um, I'm on there as black.kintsugi. So black as the color. That's K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. can spell that. Kintsugi. On Twitter, I am known as PhD underscore Fly Girl. 
I think on my website as well, you can find me www.blackkintsugi.com. But yeah, those are kind of the places you can, you can kind of reach out to me. What does Black King Stugi mean? Oh, I was waiting for you to ask that question. <laughs> so black is just the color because Instagram won't let me take Kintsugi because someone had it already. Um, so Kintsugi is actually another thing I'm obsessed with is the Japanese tradition. Um, so it's a Japanese word, which means to mend with gold. So in a culture which is easily dispensable in terms of like we get something, it breaks or, you know, it gets damaged, you kind of throw it away. Um, Kintsugi actually believes in the essence of actually fixing and mending things. So normally, let's say you have like a vase or something and it kind of smashed to different pieces. You tend to kind of want to fix it with super glue or something like away in the bin. Um, by fixing with super glue, it kind of like reduces the price. So for example, if the vase was $100 when you got it, if it's broken, I don't know, maybe you can sell it for like $20 um, with all the cracks on it. But with the Kintsugi act of Kintsugi, you're mending with gold or something of that value. So you're actually increasing the value of the vase. So for example, you know, if it's a hundred, you bought it by being broken, by it being damaged, um, you actually increase the vast value. So I kind of see it as, or the myth, or how I purchase that is that um, travel is the Kintsugi of life. Is kind of like the mending bit, the adding of value bit. From people, you get to you know share your interactions, and it just kind of like highlights the crack. I think in a, in the society that tells us to always edit out the imperfection with the kintsugi, it kind of like you know celebrates the uniqueness of being different. So it has a different element to it, and it's just kind of something I kind of live by. And yeah. I've just kind of, I just fell in love with the word. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it. Black Kintsugi. I'm so happy. I, <laughs> I, I am too. That is, that is the best thing I've learned in like the last month. That's so awesome. And I love that. Yeah. I love that metaphor of Kintsugi and travel. It is so apropos. I agree with you. Fitting. <laughs> no. Okay. Elliot always uses big words. <laughs> It's so befitting. <laughs> it is. It is. I think. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us this evening slash morning. And we really look forward to continuing to follow you on your journeys. Before we end, are you in the process of getting your PhD? Yeah, I'm in my final year. So I literally just came from the lab. That's why I'm like a night owl. So I'm kind of okay. doing my last bit of experiment and then get into, into writing of my thesis. So Hopefully by this time next year, I'll be done and yes. dusted and, you know, traveling the world and all of that good stuff. So fingers yeah. crossed, fingers <laughs> crossed. But thank you guys. <laughs> I want to get, I want to get a selfie for Instagram. Oh, oh, okay. Here, I'll get one. Well, too. I'll get one too while Bob's getting one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> selfie of selfies. <laughs> My phone is dead. I was going <laughs> to take a picture of my life. Like, no, no iPhone problem. <laughs> uh, it's all good. So good luck with the PhD and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I had a blast. Thanks. That wraps up our show for today. That was really fun, especially near the end when we kind of got on a few tangents, but it was still fun. 
I, I really like the tangents in this one. Sometimes they do get a little bit off topic and they, we, we kind of have to pull ourselves back in, but I feel like they kind of uh, orbited around our general conversation and I, I, I enjoyed them. I mean, I, maybe because I did most of them, but yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Palumi and I just had to sit there and listen. Yeah. But I, I well, do think we, we do have a pretty solid idea for our next special for Netflix right. or Disney plus. Well, one, I think that is actually an incredible idea. Just, I mean, I would watch it if someone traveled around the, the world trying the best coffee, but. It, but would you watch it if, if it were me? No. Okay. That's what I thought. No. Um, but no, seriously, what I do think this is, is a good uh, podcast opportunity where we need to find somebody who's maybe already done this, who's already traveled the world, trying the world's coffee, traveled the world, trying the world's coffee and get them on I, our podcast. Right. I think that, I think that's a solid plan, Bob. Yeah. Let's well, do it. Well, let's do it. You heard it here. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And the episode, nope, not that. This episode's trivia question. Those were the stellar sound effects. That, that was the worst added. drum roll I've ever heard in my life. All right. I used my broken finger. Give me a break. So the trivia question for Palumi's episode is, what is her favorite African dish that is often used in competition between other African countries. And if you reach out to us via email with the correct answer, and if you spell it correctly, because we did spell it, you will win an opportunity. You will gain an opportunity to win one of our Traveler's Blueprint stickers. I know the answer, so I'm going to send this email in. Um, I, I'm I think not I sending this. you a sticker. I think I got this, so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be sending in my answer uh, very shortly. And uh, I'll be looking for my Traveler's Blueprint sticker. Slap it on my travel bag. Let the world know I'm a supporter. All right. All right. Reach out to us on social media and give us a rating on iTunes if you can. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.